I think fishing in only half of the pond is not good for venture backing and for hiring. So I want to support to really shift this needle and leverage our full potential. This is Female Business Angel Podcast. Your go-to destination if you're a business angel or would like to get into angel investing and don't know where to start. Or if you just want to find out how we tick. We're Tina and Katja, both business angels from Berlin. Well, I'm a VC now. We will interview established female business angels about how they got started and how it is going, including all the best tips and tricks. So get ready for some insider stories and personal empowering moments and revelations with these incredible women. Welcome to this journey with us. Welcome to Female Business Angel Podcast. We're here at Seen, a pre-seed accelerator in Berlin. And thank you very much, Seen, for having us. I'm here today with Julia Dus, who um, I haven't actually known for that long, but um, I have experienced her in the last year as being one of the most authentic supporters of female entrepreneurship and female investors in Berlin. So it's a real pleasure to have you here, Julia, and um, I'm really excited to hear about your journey as female business angel, but also your role in the whole ecosystem that you're taking, which is a really cool one. So welcome and great that you're here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got into um, what you're doing. Well, Tina, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And um, well, for everyone, hi, I'm Julia. I'm based in Berlin and well, I'm a matchmaker and a passionate people's person. So everything I do is about bringing more diversity to the cap table. This both as talent advisor and angel investor. This actually seems like two different roles, but apparently this is, well, this suits to be considered as strongly connected, but I will talk about this in a minute. So the first part, talent advisory, is what I learned from scratch and I have done for a decade for market-leading executive search firms, actually with a focus on different geographies and industries. And I had my first exposure to the Berlin tech ecosystem when moving here actually 12 years ago and immediately got sucked in. So I love the vibe and the energy and the passion of this whole industry and of the city. I was back then hiring senior tech roles for scale-ups and grown-ups. And um, five years ago, I founded a corporate startup myself. So I actually caught the entrepreneurial bug pretty early. So last year, I started um, my own company as I realized that this kind of, you know, gives me the opportunity to um, chart my own course and build a business following a purpose. And that is making diversity more visible and accessible. So I started Grow Diverse end of 2020, where I'm focusing on talent advisory um, to, go, to grow complementary teams in regards to diversity of thinking. Well, interestingly, my first clients were actually venture capital funds that discovered that with their current investment teams, they want to grow more diverse. And in 2021, so this year alone, the whole ecosystem actually got very busy hiring, well, slightly more women <laughs> than men, which is amazing. I think first time so it's ever. Actually, they actually hired more women than men, the funds. They did. The whole kind of the top 20 funds um, 
They hired 48 new investment team hires and 26 are female. So the, the tendency is more towards a female funnel, which I think really gets this going. Yeah, that's so great. And um, you've, because I, we always send anyone that we meet that's female and an investor, we always send to Julia. <laughs> you have to meet Julia because she's going to start the best roles in the whole scene. So um, how, many, how many women have you spoken to? Well, I mean, that is amazing because, you know, actually I keep hearing there are not enough um, women for investor roles. Well, we definitely need to attract and retain more. That's for sure. But in Europe and also the Europeans in Silicon Valley, we have mapped about a thousand females across all levels with potential for investor roles. So to answer the, your question, I talked to over 400 of them. And I also keep hearing there are not enough business angels. Well, given 100% agreed, we have, I think we have only 11% of active business angels in Germany that are female. But luckily, you meet most of them in Giza and your Slack group, Evangelistas. I think as of today, it's 162, right? That's so cool. So, I mean, yes, we need more. But what an amazing base to push further. So um, I guess something, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are getting into being business angels. And I, I just know for, as, at least for Giza, it was very much deliberate in order to get into VC. So is it your experience also that these um, investors, these female investors, that they've done angel investing before they, they go into VC? Or is there like, what, what role does angel investing play in getting the whole Well, I think, first of all, angel investing is um, an important part to boost and flourish the whole ecosystem. But for getting into VC, I think it's kind of interesting to see that we have different paths into VC. I think there's more of a classical one coming from iBanking that's more into the growth and PE roles. Um, but being an entrepreneur and having first experience in angel investing is definitely a big plus and a road into the big funds. Cool. So you're also yourself an angel investor. Um, how did you get into it? Why did you decide to do it? What do you like about it? Yeah. Just give well, us the whole spiel. Ah, uh, Well, angel investing was kind of triggered from, from two sides. First, I came in contact with amazing founders and was inspired by so many personal stories and entrepreneurial talent with huge potential. And second, as I said, it became well, crystal clear that angel investing is a, an essential part for the whole ecosystem to flourish and grow. So I realized that I can actually add value by combining angel investing, which in what I have huge experience in, and that's matchmaking. Well, you know, adding the best talent and support founders to build complementary teams and strong teams and inclusive cultures. And then connecting founders kind of to other founders, to other angels, and also to VCs as they grow. And the final piece was actually doing my first angel ticket. Yay! Which, which <laughs> was with Farbit. That's a financial habit tracking app. And this was super exciting and probably the biggest hurdle to take, just getting started. There's also a female founder in that team, right? There is a female founder in that team. So after my first 100 days, what do I have on my scorecard? Currently doing my fourth angel ticket. 
It's all pre-seed investments. No one dead yet. <laughs> no exit. <laughs> no one post Series A. And no one with a unicorn valuation. But um, hey, let's see where it takes us. And I also invested in two funds. So I mean, what an amazing ride. Cool. That's so nice to hear. And I mean, what you say about being a matchmaker, it's it's so critical, especially in the early phases of the of, of startups. You can add such huge value just through making connections and making sure that the people get into exactly the right networks for yeah whatever they need to do, whether it's business development or hiring. So um, I think you're actually so well positioned with your natural yeah matchmaking network. I'm, I'm thinking of like a spider web. <laughs> so um, so that's 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 really fantastic. And is that also what you see? What you bring as a value add? Like, how do you think about value add when you when you, with your angel investments? Yeah, it's. I, I think the talent side of things is the huge value add and the network I'm bringing along. So it's it's about you know adding C-suite or co-founders to the team and expertise, but also you know being the spider in the web and connecting them to other angels and to VCs. Um, so when you got into it, what was your, your motivation? What, you know, we just talked about into a path into VC, but what was your real motivation? And obviously you're super intrinsically motivated by the female cause, let's call it that, <laughs> in VC and investing. Um, but what, yeah, was there like a final trigger for you or what, yeah, mm -hmm. what drove you? Well, I love the spirit that drives the European ecosystem. And we have come, come such a long way, as the Atomico Tech report last week revealed. I mean, we have a record of $100 billion invested in the European tech ecosystem this year. We have 103 unicorns and I guess, well, the strongest startup pipeline on par with the US. And this is amazing. And to me, kind of angel investing is the most direct way to foster and boost the startup ecosystem by driving value for founders at a stage where not everyone believes in a company yet. And that's kind of, you know, a clearly a risk-reward profile, but I feel I can influence and con contribute in a positive way with the experience and, and the network. So um, do you invest only in female-led companies or do you invest in, um, I mean, obviously we at Auxo Fund, we only invest in female-led <laughs> companies. Is this something that you've kind of given yourself as an, an, a goal as well or a kind of parity in your founders? Like how do you think about that at all? A hundred percent agreed and a hundred percent on the female-led businesses. So my vision, mission and passion is to bring more diversity to the cap table um, because I feel that women in Germany and also in Europe as a whole are underrepresented. So we are all having a big interest in seeing a lot more diversity at the cap table. <clears throat> and also as the Atomic Attack report revealed, um, that besides having this record-breaking year for, for European tech, it was not looking good for female founders. Um, they, I think they got a devastating low 1% funding. And the situation is even even bleaker when considering ethnic diversity in the space. So to me, talent and diversity are actually crucial for our growth here in Europe. It's a key lever we cannot afford to leave behind if we want to turn investments into success. I think fishing in only half of the pond is not good for venture backing and for hiring. 
So I want to support to really shift this needle and leverage our full potential. So what do you think are um, for yeah, the barriers right now for women, for yeah, other ethnicities in attractive investment, attracting investment? What to you, what do you see as yeah, the, the mechanics at play? Yeah, well, to be honest, there are various reasons. I think we could do a whole podcast and only that one. Only 100. <laughs> yes. But let me highlight three. Um, first, the highest returns are often promise in B2B kind of deep tech-ish environments, which are the classical VC cases. But apparently the majority in women or the majority of women is building significantly more consumer-focused businesses with female pain points. This is what the data shows. And this leads to what Nina Vess of female founders calls the over-mentored but underfunded crowd. Because most of them are somehow said to be niche, which, I mean, apparently, I feel they are not. But this topic is huge and gives, I think, some food for, for thought, starting with our educational system, how much tech and entrepreneurship is taught in kindergarten and school, how we raise girls, how we raise boys. And I mean, that's a long story. But second, I think it's about bias and we are all biased. And people tend to invest in proven paths with a pattern recognition and kind of a gut feeling. I mean, I do too. I and prefer this... to call it intuition than gut feeling. Yeah. <laughs> to me, gut feeling is a very male term to say intuition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it intuition, whatever we call it. But this is what tends to happen in hiring as well. And we call yeah. it similarity bias. <clears throat> and I just, you know, and whatever I do, I want to really encourage to be more conscious about it. And be aware of the consequences. That's right, because you have exactly the same experiences from your hiring experiences, right? That's it. And third, family is seen as a pushback. And that is not only in investing. I think it's a kind of, you know, system and structure and attitude we have in the whole system. So see, I have mostly worked throughout my three children And I understood I have not built a big scalable business, but coached many women who actually had to answer those questions. And I'm telling them, have a plan, you know, be prepared. And, and interesting enough, you know, men are having kids too. Have they ever <laughs> asked those questions? No. I mean... I think we should always replace the word mother with parent. <laughs> yes, and I would love to have kind of a paternity policy for all parents, because I think parenthood is not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. I think it takes a village to, you know, raise kids. And it's the best thing in the world. So, I mean, let's not handle it as a pushback, but as a team effort. And let's get going on this. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you've done your angel investing, your 100 days. Any lessons that you can kind of Yeah, can you give us a checklist? Oh, <laughs> give no. us a list. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't have a list in place, but what I learned is that investing is a very hard game to be good at. So I try to learn quickly and walk this line. Um, if you really want to be successful, you better get your sense of conviction and do enough homework to kind of chase after and get involved into the deals 
you want to get involved. Yeah, because it's into. really not this thing of oh, these people coming back for money. No, you have it's to not. Get in. You have to get in, it, it, and it's a crazy market. There is so much money in the European ecosystem than ever before. So to move quickly, I kind of created a deal flow and a system to invest. I reach out to founders even before they start fundraising. I do my research, I do my homework, and I'm prepared to move quickly because there are people in the market whose primary job is to make money, and they have done their work. So you need to be set up, set up sign a clerky document and wire money. And for me, you know, being a good investor and being a founder-friendly investor is about all this. It's about signing the documents quickly, giving the money quickly, and I guess shut up if you're not asked for advice. Um, so, and help if you're asked to help. So I try to think along and whatever I do, in whatever ways I can add value. I guess I like to be the founder-friendly speed dial option. That's it. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, and it's about positioning yourself, right? And I guess with your experience, you have a very, I mean, the way that you're talking already now is kind of, it sounds like you know exactly what you have to offer. And that's important when you speak to your invest to your angel investments, right? To, to really be able to pitch yourself as well, right? True. I, I'm getting there. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far, what's the best and the worst things about angel investing to you? Well, the best as far as I have experienced, and apparently, you know, no big, no big exits yet, but um, I think when a killer team with a clear-cut vision pitches really well and is, you know, very engaging to the point with a deep connection, showing that they really understood their user base, and when I feel that there's something unique and valuable with the potential to scale and a couple of interesting customers, then this there's this one moment where I get really excited and that's the best. And, you know, to be honest, at the end, I feel with angel investing, you make a difference in the founder's life. And... That's the best thing. Yes, I agree. And apparently the worst, well, the worst is FOMO. What I call, you know, the fear of missing out. <clears throat> Or to be honest, when I really missed a company, which I have once, um, I was on the fence, but did not move bold and quickly enough. And I think that's, that's worst. Or I was busy and, you know, timing just wasn't right. Then, you know, I can live with it, but... That's it. Cool. And um, so from your, um, from your experience, like what is like your one advice you would give? A one? I, I have three. <laughs> <laughs> We like lists. Cool. Well, okay, one. Um, I think it's playing the networks and be accessible. And uh -huh. with accessibility, I don't, do not only mean the ability about going to events, but I mean with accessibility to highlight the importance of these events and the importance of backing female founders or whatever mission you are on and have a high priority to this. Mm. And what do I mean? I think one of the challenges we have is that, you know, we are all just super busy 
and we are all kind of doing angel investing on top of either, you know, full-time jobs, running own businesses or portfolio careers. And we have all additional family responsibilities. And then during lockdown, when schools were closed, I think time allocation got even more difficult. So let's start to be more selfish in pursuing our own career. And let's make this point and have this bigger vision. And to be honest, this bigger mission gets me jumping out of bed every morning. And literally, I jump. Um, so oh, good to hear. Have your network, be accessible. And, you know, I feel what, what's not talked about or, is, or what is not seen doesn't happen. So please talk about the things you do and the value you can add. Hear, hear. Absolutely. That's really great to hear. And and I think, I mean, it's it's the thing that we've experienced as well with AXO. It's this, you do something that you want to do, and then suddenly you're like, oh my God, I've got purpose here. <laughs> and then it's just, you become unstoppable, and it's just all, it's it's so fun, and you've got so much, it's fun, you do what you love to do, you do what you think you should be doing, which is investing, and you have some sort of, yeah, impact, and that's just such a great spot to be so um i totally can um understand when you say you jump out of bed in the morning and that's i think just the most wonderful place to get to and um, so finally give us a little anecdote about this funniest craziest strangest pitch you've ever got oh my gosh i can tell you that happens not only in pitching but everywhere i think it's You get it with, with candidates as well, right? Yes. The craziest <laughs> pitch I've heard is, well, you are a female angel and that's what we need. And, you know, this whole thing about, you know, only getting approached because being a female. Mm. And I think that's crazy because it takes away all the merit. You know, I don't want to be approached as an angel because I'm female. And a candidate doesn't want to be approached because... She is female. And a speaker doesn't want to be approached for a conference because she is female. So don't do that. That's probably not crazy. That, that is probably not crazy, but, you know, it's... Yeah, it's kind of a very subtle form of uh, putting you down, which is probably not meant that way, but um, it's, yeah, people should think about when they phrase things very outwardly that way. And I think... I think it's totally legitimate for people to want to have like more women in their cap table, but just don't make it the primary point. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Julia. This was so insightful, and it's such you play such an incredible role in the scene here in Berlin. And um, I think everyone knows you by now because you have spoke to everyone. But anyone who doesn't know you should look you up. I guess you can be found on LinkedIn. Best, Julia D O U S. And yeah, thank you so much for being with us and taking the time. Well, Tina, thank you so much. I love your contribution to the whole ecosystem. And thank you so much for having me. And, you know, having this female podcast, first of all, um, to get more females into investing. So please reach out whenever you have a question. And thank you so much.